Welcome to Sketch Magazine Podcast, hosted by Bill Nichols, Senior Editor of Sketch Magazine, John Wilson, Editor of Sketch Daily over at ComicRelated.com, and myself, Robert W. Hickey, Publisher of Sketch Magazine and Co-Founder of Blue Line. Come back after the music and find out what we have to offer in this episode. What's up, creators, and welcome to the Sketch Magazine podcast. I am joined, as always, with sketch publisher Bob Hickey, sketch editor Bill Nichols, and tonight we're going to talk about genres. And no, this isn't a rerun. It's a different type of genre. But before we get into that, how you doing tonight, guys? Doing okay, John. This is Bill. Hey, this is Bob. Doing real well, John. How you doing, bud? Fantastic. Um, so are genres. Last time we talked about genres within the comics. Now we're going to be talking about the type of show you go to. So your show genre. Now this is going to seem odd to some people because they're listening to me going, what in the world are you talking about? (laughs) But what some people don't realize is there are different kinds of shows out there. They're not just comic shows. There are sci-fi shows, steampunk shows, furry shows. Manga. Manga, you name it, it's probably got a show out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to talk tonight about how to determine which show is best for your particular project, and um, I'll let one of you guys kick that off. Well, actually, I was going to turn around and throw it back at you, but I'll kick it off. <laughs> of course, go ahead. Um, well, you, uh, this past weekend, you were at a show. I was indeed. Um, it was. It's a furry show, but I can't remember the proper name. Uh, it's called the Memphis, or the Menfit fur meat right now a little hard to say yeah but a lot of people don't understand what furry means and us being around ringtail and everything i've sort of learned um what it means it's it's more it's a specialized art into anamorphic illustrations is that correct right the anthropomorphic anthrop anthro- yeah anthropomorphic yeah, what I just said. Anthropomorphic meaning uh, essentially animals doing and acting in human ways. Right. And so, you know, standing up, wearing clothes, doing human actions, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, there's a there's a good, solid um, readership and, and fan base for that. There is. Um, there's a major fan base for that. Yeah. Um, and they support the creators. If you can get, if you can get the followings behind you... You can build a, I mean, Ringtail has built a pretty solid following behind them. Yes, they have. They've got, uh, they've got a huge following, people that come to shows just to see them a lot of the times. Uh, people that come directly to the table first time they hit the table to make sure that they are first on the list to get sketches or um, commissions from the, ring, the main cafe, uh, Ringtail Cafe artist, Jackie Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Um, she's usually busy from open to close at those shows. Uh, there are people who look for the next issue of the books they're doing, uh, what new buttons they have out, and what other new merchandise they have. So um, Ringtail Cafe is um, easily one of the more successful independent comic companies that uh, I know of in our extended group of friends here they're they're doing very well for themselves within this genre 
And they were, they actually was, um, was able to put that, <laughs> they were actually able to put together a successful Kickstarter through that and get one of their books out by, by getting that funding. So what we're leading is there's different types of shows. There's the furry show that we just discussed. And then there's manga shows. And then, John, you and I are going to be at a sci-fi show um, by our friends at PandoraCon. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, PandoraCon. It's um, it's kind of a across the board show. I think is the way they're they're detailing it. It's going to be um, it's going to have a very heavy sci-fi base, but it's also going to be comics, steampunk, um, you know, pretty much anything you're into in that kind of broader, uh, you know, kind of uh, I can't think of the word, but that kind of eclectic interest kind of way. Right. Uh, they're really going to appeal to a, a lot of different people. Um, well, for example, one of the guests is a, a major horror artist. So. Okay. Well, one of the major guests is the guy from Babylon 5. That's true. Yeah. Uh, the gentleman that plays Marcus Cole, or right. that played rather Marcus Cole, um, is going to be there. And they also have a guy called Inspector Space Time, which... Um, if you don't watch the NBC show, the community will mean absolutely nothing to you. <laughs> but um, it's essentially a Doctor Who parody that exists within that show. Oh. And uh, the gentleman that uh, does that is uh, is going to be at the convention. So. Cool. Cool. Well, yeah. one thing that I was really thinking about with this is that you want to look at your property and see outside of comic conventions, where can you take it? Um, for example, if you look at Skystorm stuff, like the sci-fi show in the month, I would probably heavily push the Blood and Roses series, the Camelot Forever stuff, the fantasy sci-fi type stuff. The Claysway stuff, probably not as much. I mean, it's going to get there, but it won't get table featured up front, you know? Um... Yeah. So you guys sort of look at what kind of shows, what kind of, if if your property leads towards manga, a manga style or storyline, then you definitely want to look into manga shows. There's many different manga shows out there. Um, there's there's several sci-fi shows and horror shows. If if your comic is a horror comic, um, you know you might want to set up at a horror show that brings in all these horror movie stars, but that brings in a fan base who may want to look at your book. So, and uh, uh, it's probably important for you to figure out on your own what genre your book is. Mm -hmm. Some people may have trouble with that. You think? Possibly. I mean, some people may say, "Well, he's a superhero, but he's a sci-fi superhero," and you know, keep adding adjectives onto it. Um, what's probably the best way for people to determine? what genre they would be best suited in. And what do you think, Bill? Do? I used to do, back in the day, mostly science fiction conventions because I, you know, I was into ElfQuest fandom and I was in all, into different kinds of fandom. And um, I mean, seriously, if you wanted to go to a, a different kind of convention or a science fiction convention or maybe even just a comic show, you could do something every single weekend. And... Uh, but I would see at different shows, I would see different comic book companies. Like, that's where I first saw uh, Arrow Comics. All right, Randy. Um, 
Randy Zimmerman. And uh, I think that was maybe at WendyCon or one of that. But I, over the years, I've seen and I've, several people that I'm friends with on Facebook, I knew from back in those days from ElfQuest Fandom. Joe Thompson used to be in ElfQuest Fandom. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, a couple other people who are, you know, they're still doing stuff, but um, Sandy Schreiber, um, she was an excellent artist, and she's, these days, she's more into, I, I think I've seen her post some furry stuff. Um, you know, it's really kind of what inspires you and what, you know, it, people gravitate to, to that as well. And it's, uh, it's in some ways it's, it's kind of finding your calling for some people because all of a sudden that, you know, as good as they were, it's like this outlet where they can, uh, just really explore what they do, whether it's writing or drawing or, uh, making crafts even, um, I've seen, you know, people post pictures and stuff of things, of shows that they've done, and there's tables or there's setups, uh, things that they're taking, a cosplay. Um, so, um, is, if I had, you know, if, if you had unlimited funds, yeah, you could, it, it, it would be awesome to just explore, mm-hmm. um, because you could really just find anything that you're, you know, like I said, any genre that you're interested in, um, even limited to sometimes it's just maybe a Star Trek show or, you know, where one, maybe one uh, TV show is maybe the, like Doctor Who or something may be the, the leading theme, but there are other things along with it. Right. And sometimes it revolves too around the, the main guest or the guest of honor, that kind of thing, but. Well, um, you may want to like attend a show before you consider setting it up too. Because yeah. usually these shows are annual; they'll come back around every year. Mm-hmm. And you know, you may want to, as you know, or an art fair. These doesn't have to be strictly conventions. They could be art fairs, community items, um, anywhere you get a mass of people that you think would enjoy your book. Like a community fair, an art fair, Clay'sway would be my feature. Because it's a family order type project, you know. So you need to, you know, really consider about any possibility you can go to and outreach to to get people hooked. And make sure you have cards, postcards, something to hand them, whether they buy something or not. So they can go find you on your website, on Facebook, on social medias, wherever. They can find out more about you. So that's important. Uh, something that really surprised me at this show, um, you know, of course you had the people with uh, with their books and stuff. Uh, there's a surprisingly large adult-oriented thing to this, mm-hmm. uh, but there were a lot of people who made jewelry. Oh, really? And stuff like that at this thing, yeah, that made necklaces and, um, you know, different kinds of... Uh, bands and leatherworking and things like that as part of this as well um also um i guess you'd call it a subgenre, or maybe it's an additional genre to this or are people who actually make um either in part or in total the fursuits that some people wear well yeah they were telling me about a lady who makes them there that travels yeah, around in a van or something actually has yeah. sewn equipment and stuff right there oh yeah wow um 
Yeah, well, there was uh, there are people who just sell like um, ears, you know, like ear uh, on like headbands and things. Right. Or a lot of people just buy the tails. Yeah. And you know, kind of hook it on the back of their pants. Um, there was one guy there. I was surprised to see he was um, he was using a toaster oven to bake images onto um, various things. Like um, Jackie had drawn a someone's badge for them. Uh, drawn their everyone has a character or an avatar in this fandom. Right. Um, and she had drawn uh, the character for someone. He took it over to this guy and had it baked onto a flask. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was That's really cool. cool. Yeah. And we're talking about the furry phantom again. The last yeah, the show furry you just did. Again. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And another thing is like like the conventions, like um with, with furries, I'm involved in fur affinity. And that's sort of like right. the deviant art of uh, animorphs. Yeah, I just made a page there myself. Yeah, and uh, I've been posting some Clay'sway stuff there because of uh, Pan, Pan right. and Old Gray, and uh, you know the different animals in the storyline that come to life, and uh, they're really animorphs, what they are. But you know we don't mm-hmm. go that way; we call them our stuffies. And but uh, you know I've gotten a few good responses from that. So you know, and and because Jackie draws a strip, she's got such a large following. We want to definitely let the, her fan base know about it there. So there's right. places you need to outreach outside of just social medias and and the main just I just do comic conventions, you know, um, man, that's the hardest place to go and sell your stuff. Actually, comic conventions, because you're competing with every other person who does comics. Yeah, so maybe it's better not to limit yourself, but maybe to broaden. Well, Mike had brought so. up with with uh, Chuck Moore's show. At the end of the month, at the sci-fi show, he goes, don't you have some cool prints of Blood and Roses wearing, like, these bubble helmets, like, old sci-fi outfits? I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, Brad Gorby did something. He goes, you need to do some little mini prints or something of those. I'm That's like, a good idea. yeah. He goes, you know, you have these sci-fi characters, but you really don't put them towards the forefront. You know, I've got the uh, Camelot Forever stuff. I got the King, I got some, you know, a, um, King Arthur piece and... A Merlin piece, so I might do some small mini prints and stuff just to see how that works towards this type of show. I think uh, it'll probably work well because there, you know, there's a lot of the fantasy aspect, mm-hmm. especially in steampunk. You know, a lot of that speculative uh, technology stuff. So if it if it has that old ornate or you know overly ornate look to it, it'll probably go over very well. Right. Right. So. Yeah, so outreaching at different shows is very important. Um, don't limit yourself to just a comic book, and don't limit yourself just to comic book stores either. You know, um, the more places you can get your material, the better. True. I mean, if you do have anamorph uh, characters, there's nothing to say that your local. Uh you know, your local pet shop might might not be interested in carrying Exactly, it. or have you, you know? do a, their own coloring book or something where you can promote yourself. Right. Um, you know, Jackie and Darren with Ringtail, they come up with the confectionaries, which when I saw those, I'm like, guys, that's, that's your breaking out book. Because, yeah, that's Animorphs, but wow, will that sell the mainstream, you know? And they've been very successful with that. So that that's very cool. So there's a lot you can do. You don't have to be just stuck in one genre or one area. 
outreach get out there chase different areas look at different things and don't just be stuck on the conventions art shows uh schools i was i didn't do it last year because i was out of town but uh my youngest was his last year elementary school and they have a fall festival and i was meaning to pick up a little table i think it's like 20 bucks 25 bucks and sit there with clay'sway stuff hand out trading cards and just you know because it has the website on it and i didn't get to but i mean those are ways to, to outreach to customer base to people um libraries are a great way to do it too so there's ways to get out there so you need to look at um one person a friend of mine who's done he's done marketing and sales for years and years and years um all the way back to the eclipse days and for some of you guys don't know who Eclipse was a publisher back in the 80s, is it, Bill? Yeah. 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 And his, his idea on marketing, and that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about marketing. Talking, getting into conventions, getting into areas, and, and showing your product. Was one thing he used to do is go to bookstores and look up magazines. And he'd write down editors and assistant editors of magazines. And he would send them out information about a project if he thought it would fit that genre like if he was doing a cowboy well every western western alpha anything that had to do with western cowboys indians anything that might fit he would write that information down and so it's sort of the same way with conventions you need to try all kinds of different conventions different ways different looks see what what can you do well mark you know Keep account on what what you make and what you spend, because you don't want to keep repeating and going to a show where you're losing money. Yeah, and you're not getting you outside the, the box base. like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about Camelot Forever. You know, we've decided to, I think to launch this as the main launch next year for us for Skystorm. Main reason is it has a character in it that's just about everybody knows his name. So I'm excited about the promotions of it and getting things going and putting it all together. But it also has a theme and an idea that we can, the sci-fi area, I think is a big area we can really promote it in. So there's things you can do to help yourself to do well. You know, we're always talking about, we, we come up with these to help people be successful. That's what we want. We want everybody to be successful so they continue to draw Continue to create and have fun at this. So part of the conventions need to be part of it because it's your chance to get out and show your stuff off, and it's and it's nice when, when it's received well. And there's lots of networking that you can do once you're finally at a convention that isn't always as easy or viable to do, uh, you know, from home. Mm-hmm, yeah, once you make a face-to-face, then you can keep up with each other. Through media's emails or whatever, it's always nice making that face to face with somebody. Right, and the you know potential collaborations and things like that that can grow out of uh, conventions are definitely worth the effort. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, well, guys, I think we've talked a little about. It. You got got more to add to that? Uh, just continue. I mean, as we said before, get get out there and explore because you may come up with something that's a, you know, if you think outside the box, if you think um, of ways to do things and then 
course, tell us. You know, drop okay. us a line and let us know. That's right. Yeah, share you know. now. Yeah, I mean we do, but I mean it helps for other people to be active listeners. Right. So. And don't be afraid to you know ask those things that you know may seem a little off the wall, like a flower show or something like that. I mean, the worst thing they can say is no. Well, I've set up at, um, oh, John, you know how they do, teachers yeah. have to do uh, their hours, so many hours mm-hmm. a year. Well, I set up at an ADHD convention with Clay'sway. I really didn't have anything. Now I've got a lot more merchandise. And uh, I have to say, I don't know if I'd do another one just because at those, the people are there for the convention, and you get them for about 15 minutes at three different times, and... That's it over a four hour period. Um, so you gotta be careful how you spend your time. You know, they'd come out I, I'd catch a handful of people when they came in in the morning, then they're tied up for an hour, hour and a half, you know, doing seminars and stuff. They come back out for a break, go back in, come out for lunch, go back in, and then man when that sucker was over they beelined it for the door. Because it was yeah, a Saturday, it was booked. yeah. So it's like, wow, there's very little sell time here. To really market your stuff, you know. But I got a, f- a couple of teachers that keep in contact with me because of it. So you you have to balance it of of whether you know it's good. Um, you making contacts like you said to is it worth your time? You know. So. Well, even the um, even going back to Retail Cafe, you know, they go out to schools and. Mm-hmm. Do demonstrations on things. Now that won't work for everyone's book, of course, but you know if you have something that's kid friendly and uh, kid interesting, like they do, you know, mm-hmm. it kind of behooves you to go out to those places where kids hang out. You know, go go see if you can get on at a at a uh, half price book story time or something. Right. You know, there's there's various areas or libraries even get on it. At one of their reading things. So there's a lot of places you just need to kind of beat the bushes for them. And it's worth it. It's, it As it build, yes. You know, it, it's good to outreach and build that fan base. And now that we do have social medias to keep our contacts up with everybody and bring them in, um, you know, it's worth it. I mean, Clay'sway, Clay'sway's readership for me, it jumps when I make a post on Facebook. Hey, guys, just posted something over there. Boom. I get my readers, you know. Um, it's only once a week that it updates, so it's not on everybody's day-to-day hit list. And uh, it, it's, it's that's what you have to do. You have to work it. So get out there, befriend people, do the shows, um, and then bring them back to your, your home, your website, your medias, and uh, keep them hooked. And, and uh, sometimes... You need to do shows multiple times to see if it's going to pay off for you. Um, maybe one show, the right crowd just didn't show up. You know, it happens. I've done them. So. Yeah, and you got to realize too, if you're just starting out in a in a certain kind of uh, genre or fandom, nobody knows who you are, so exactly. you may not do well that first year. But you know, if you beat the bushes and work the media's and talk yourself up and all that stuff you know next year might be a different story right yeah. and sometimes if you prepare in advance for if it's the first time that you've been there you're the new face 
and you may have people stop by so you want to make the best impression that you can um, that is not only just your material but you yourself um, talking to people or putting things that we have mentioned in previous podcasts putting your best foot forward what are you saying um, about me Bill? Um, I think he called you the stinky kid I, I, I think he did even, didn't he? I wasn't even going to huh? mention any names and stuff you know, <laughs> but uh, um, but I mean, I've you know you see you 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 see people that just really they're there, but it's um it's almost like an afterthought in a way of 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 the presentation. Maybe their their selections are great, but um maybe as a whole, it's just uh, or again whether it's personal presentation or the way you address people or the, your willingness to talk to people, mm-hmm. uh, because those are, are, are th- th- that can open up a, a whole new branch of, uh, people who are fans of your work or who, mm-hmm. you know, if you are just starting out or if you are starting a new project, these are people who can be in on things. And as we've said before, um, and these are all hints to go back and listen to podcasts you haven't listened to, um, the people invest in you as you know they become personally involved in you know they see your progress they see your successes and maybe they see your you know your failures but um you know they're they're your fans and they're along for the ride and so take them for the best ride that you know that you can give them with your talent and your your energy and again put your best face forward and talk to people, engage them, um, you know, let them be involved. Well, if they've stopped, there's something of interest on your table, art-wise, image-wise, or the hot babe behind the table. I don't know, you know. Um, but there's something of interest. So, yeah, definitely your presentation should be should uh, be done very well. And, and people do follow you. I mean, I, I think I mentioned before down at DerbyCon, I had some gentleman come back and pick up Clay'sway stuff. He had picked up a comic last year, and this year he'd come back and picked up everything that was merchandised for it. And he was just supporting it. And he was actually giving it to a, a teacher that he's associated with. So um, those are the people you want to impress. You want to have new stuff all the time for you know, one thing that I will mention, you don't want to show up one year with this with one core merchandise and in the second year that's exactly all you still have. You gotta have fresh stuff up. You gotta have new merchandise up. It's like John mentioned at Ringtail, people were running to him to see what the new buttons were and or the new comic was. You gotta have new stuff to promote and to sell because you will have the same people come around. And they're wanting to see what else you've done in the past 12 months. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to do, but you still got to do it. Well, that's what we're doing. I mean, this is what we're supposed to be doing is producing this stuff and creating the stuff and yeah, enjoying. But you're right. Sometimes that is just the hardest thing. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to challenge people to bring more to this co- podcast because I think we could do a lot more with it. I'm interested in, in other stories, other ideas, other suggestions from people on um, how how to market and get their stuff out. I, I say. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask us questions. No, you know? send us questions. Get in the forums. Do something. Let's chalk this up. 
So yeah, I have gone through and and every podcast, um, at least the last several have have a uh, topic header under the uh, sketch podcast uh, section on the message board. So there's a place to comment. There's a place to add things. Um, all the way back to number 55 where we sort of relaunched. Right. And um, there's a place for topics at the very bottom. Because um, we always need topics or things that we want to know, things that are people that are on their minds that, you know, where they want to, things they want to know, things they want to find out or want to contribute about. But um, like I said, every podcast has its own. So you can go in there and just like before, you can add to it. You can address things that we talk about in the podcast. And um, something hits you later on, you know, head over there and you know, put it up there. Yep. And we'll try to check it out and bring it on to the next podcast. Yeah, check so. the forums. So yep. I look for the new post and I read the new post. So. All right. You heard it. Challenge Bill. See if he yeah, really does go. it or not. Go. Um, something I, okay, moving on to a new thing. Um, something I'm going to try to do is I'm, I'm getting real active with Blue Line Pro. The past couple of weeks I've been rebuilding the website and stuff. And I'm starting to read a lot of the news and press that we get from art supply companies. And I really never paid that much attention to it until um, something came across my desk yesterday. And I thought, wow, that's pretty important when you get that out there. So I'm probably going to create a news section over at sketchmagazine.net on just update fans and stuff on art supplies. And what this is, this is... I know a lot of people go nuts because they use these, but it's about Copic Markers. And uh, Copic Marker themselves has announced they will be raising their price January 1 by a dollar. And they're already one of the most expensive markers out there. And it's not the sellers. It's not us. We're not getting that dollar. So I know a lot of people who enjoy them, use them, uh, buy them, because we sell a ton of them. Not gonna be too happy. Plan ahead. I'm I'm talking Mike and uh, running a sale on them to give everybody a chance to stock up a little bit. But we're also I have samples of two or three other marker companies sending me markers. We're gonna be adding to give people more choices. So uh, John, have you heard of a marker called Touch? I haven't heard of that one. No. It's a direct competitor of Copic. Huh. But they're not refillable, but they're yeah. they're a couple dollars less per marker. So I've got some samples coming in. I've got a so my biggest thing is having a solid supplier, not right. some little art store who got the rights to bring these in and he brings in a shipment once a year. You know, we've ran into that with a few just um, companies, and I'm like, we're not doing that no more. But, you know, I've got two different markers. One is the Touch. And I've got samples coming in and hoping to get those online. Another one is Kurtek, I think. Kurtek? Kurtek. Kurtek? That's yes. the, uh, that's, yeah, they're a company that makes a lot of stuff for sketchbooking and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Well, they, uh, or scrapbooking, not sketchbooking. I'm okay. sorry. Well, they've got, um, they've got a real solid line of markers and 
and uh, line pin lines or liners, multi liners and stuff like that. Yeah. So we've got samples of those coming in with price structure and everything for them too. So I, I see as as man, it's hard out there right now. And for you know, Copics are like what about six bucks a piece to go up seven bucks a piece? Yes. Yeah, they're uh, they're that, way up there. Yeah, I mean. People are going, you know, complain at us, and believe me, we're not we're not getting a dime, a penny of that dollar increase. They are. So what we're going to try to do is make sure we have alternatives for you. We're gonna we're gonna investigate and find some solid markers and make sure that we can get them. That's the biggest thing. I don't want to be selling them and then I can't get them for three months or four months. So uh, we'll keep it updated, but stuff like that. I've got a couple other that I'll, I'll I'll put the next one on the next podcast. But I just think that stuff's interesting, and the and the people who use this stuff should know. Yeah, and the uh, they can plan for it. There was another marker that I mentioned last week, um, and now I can't find the name of it. Oh, oh. the Spectrum Noir, I think. Okay. I uh, was the one that's trying to. Uh, that that's trying to give Copic a run for its money, but I I don't think they quite have the same degree of colors mm-hmm. or you know the same amount of colors given that Copic has like three thousand or something. Yeah. So. Yeah, they've got a lot, but still, it's it's ridiculous. The price that they're going up to just because they are the. That is crazy. You know they believe they are the the they are it. In the comic industry, or in, in the last industry. in the last week, I saw some pieces that some character pieces that Mike McCone did, uh-huh. and he did them in watercolor, and uh, I mean they were awesome. That's cool. Which is totally, but somebody mentioned, you know, Cop- well, is that Copic? And he's like, no, I hate him. <laughs> I have more control over what I, you know, because he's that, they were they were great. He did a Green Lantern, he did some other stuff, and. Right. Um, he just knows his stuff, but people going old school too. Oh yeah. Almost have to on some things. So. Yeah. Now these guys don't know how to do watercolors though. And and a lot of your markers are the uh, sketch card artist. Mhm. Yeah. You know, they use a ton of them, and then you got your artists who do sketches at conventions like Jackie. Uh, I know Adam Hughes uses them. He's bought he's bought them from us at Blue Line, and um, it's just you know. I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see how it goes. But Hopefully we will they'll keep learn you up the to error. Date. Hopefully they'll learn the error of their ways. Yes. But somehow I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. Sometimes I'm I'm worried that it's you know typical company doing well but wants them to do even better and so screw the customer base right well sadly i think you know the people that really need them are just going to bite the bullet and still get them and that's gonna you know yeah that's not going to show copic that nope. they're hurting anybody no not at all so. but all right so that's the news update on art supplies um john you, yes, sir. You're over at Comic Related? Sketch at Comic yes, Related? Yes, indeed. Um, over at Comic Related, or Sketch at Comic Related, we should say. Yes. Um, most recently, Todd McFarlane is inking a Greg Capullo art piece. 
not often that you see Todd McFarlane getting out from behind the business desk these days to do some work. So um, go check that out. He's painting faces, essentially, is the way he puts it. Um, huh. So go check that out. Um, being at this convention uh, this weekend has turned me back on to the, the SAI or Psy paint tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I found a really good side tutorial um, guy um, actually drawing and painting a cat, also quite self-deprecating um, while doing the cat, but it's pretty funny. Um, I also came across uh, this interview done at the last Derby City Con with Daryl Banks. A um, oh. couple of guys were there. It was not done by me or any of my colleagues. Uh, a couple of guys were there from what? A thing called Bro Chat, who uh, did a video interview with uh, Daryl Banks. So, pretty cool. So, check him out. Um, of course, on Sunday, I found another sketchbook. This from a guy called Alpha Manga Gamer. Um, a whole lot of gaming sketches in there, but still pretty cool to look at. Um, then, a couple of things on dealing with Photoshop, mostly coloring and painting uh, in Photoshop. And then, uh, the the next to the last one being how to draw a fit athletic woman. Um, a lot of artists, especially those starting out, have the tendency to either make their women too heavy and bulky or emaciatedly thin or more endowed than any human should be. So uh, this, uh, this particular video is from a group who um, actually they call themselves I Draw Girls. So they're a really good uh, – really good group to go to to learn the proper way to draw females um as you know they're drawing laura croft and they're drawing laura croft as she would normally look not how she looks in the video game um beyond that i have two interviews one with simon fraser drawing a 2000 ad cover if you have no idea what that is um you need to get out more and read some british comics and also from the Nocturnals creator, Dan Brereton. I can never say his name right, but a uh, really good new interview with him. A uh, brand new interview with him. And lastly, uh, if anybody wants to buy this for me, feel free. Uh, <laughs> inking on a Cintiq tablet. So um, oh. I would love to have one, but can't afford one. So if somebody wants to buy it for me, that'll be fine. That makes two of us. And that'll, that's it for uh, Sketch at Comic Related. Cool. Hey Bill. Yeah. Would, yeah. Are you at sketchmagazine.net? Why? Yes, I am. Can you give us an update? Why? Yes, I could. Uh, people keep posting these cool things, uh, whether it's a you know art lesson or um, little YouTube things like YouTube links. But in the past week, uh, going back about a week, somebody uh, this made the rounds over several people's. Um, post and repost but uh it was the uh gigantic it's a big gorilla gigantic from the old flasher superman cartoons it's just a model sheet and these are things that are cool to have and plus i mean they're sort of educational too well they're not sort of they are because it show it goes back to old school stuff because you can see what they had to work with and if you have a those flasher cartoons which i do then you can go back and watch that, and it, it sort of gives you a sense of history and a sense of, you know, um, 
how things can be or, or you know something maybe something that you can use in your own work especially if you have a difficulty uh, keeping things on model you'll hear that term on model mm-hmm. and um, it's a chance to um, to see that but uh, there's another one that Glenn Keane draws Rapunzel and you know did some you know some little model stuff and some sketches and seeing people in you know their thought processes um, I've said before when people want to do an, uh, an article for us I not only want to see how they or hear about how they do it but why they do it why they choose to do something a certain way because then you're getting into the mindset um, especially if you're trying to emulate somebody at some point or somebody is your quote-unquote idol um, it's one thing to try to draw like Jim Lee but it would help you if you understood you know where his background is how he got to be where he is these and you know um, what his influences are why he does things a certain way and you can find all that stuff out and a lot of times you can find out in sketch magazine yes yeah. you can um, there's another uh, bit of um, a lesson from Sergio Cariello I forget how I pronounced it last week but it's Spider-Man and uh, this one also made the rounds. Marie Severin's comic, How to Be a Comic Book Artist. I think it was um, not brand Eck, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's just a fun little thing. But uh, yeah, if you're if you're doing this, you know, you'll, you'll, it'll give you a smile. Uh, Buzz, the artist, he does uh, warm up sketching. It just shows him sketching, and you can see him in action. And then there's a a, a video. Jim Lee's, behind, Jim Lee's behind the scenes of Justice League 12. So that brings us up to... Now. Yeah, I found that on... I guess DC had posted on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And they were promoting the whole Superman, Wonder Woman, Kiss cover. And I thought it was neat to listen to him talk. It ain't so much him... There is a lot of drawing in it. But also him discussing his ideas. And, and you know, he, start, he started this thing at 5 in the morning. And it's it's sort of neat to watch him and see what he came up with. And he just talks to the camera about things. So I hope he does more of that because it's really cool. I know it's... Uh, I know, he would have made a great art teacher. Yes, he would have. He really would because the way he... I've seen in all the videos he's done, uh-huh. he just explains exactly like you would explain to a student. You know, when he's talking to no one, he... Ex- he explains exactly what he's doing and why he's doing it and all these other things. And I'm thinking, wow, man, you missed your calling here. Well, that sort of brings up, that's sort of wow that you said that, John. Something I'm looking into, and I'm going to bring you guys in it, but I just will bring it up here on the podcast, is we're talking about offering some online art co- courses. Nice. Um, I've seen some out there from uh, a few artists, some animators. And so we're investigating, seeing exactly what it's going to take. And we're going to hit up some of our friends out there in the industry who draws professionally, works professionally, and see if we can bring them in to, you know, the people who are listening to this podcast and people who read Sketch Magazine. And, you know, there's a fee because they've got to be paid for their time. But I think some of these classes could be very vital, very important, just as all those videos that you post and Bill, you post, mm-hmm. those are very important because it's amazing if you just get something little out of those. It's worth mm-hmm. the time. It's worth the, the few seconds it takes to check each day. They see what the latest posts are. 
But, you know, we're looking at, you know, maybe uh, four weeks, once a week type classes. And I don't know. It's all being discussed now. And I'm hoping to have something more solid within a month or so and how it would all work. You know, I believe probably there'll be an, an online time to do it. And if you can make that, great. But then everything will be recorded. And then you could come on later if you bought in the course and watch it later. So, and that's important to me because, you know, my days are just crazy between Blue Line and Skystorm and the kids and the grandbaby. It's like, wow, you know, it's crazy. So it's important to me that it's, it's like, you know, I would do it and then I would just have to catch it on my time and spend the hour or so watching and learning and stuff. So I think it's cool. I think we can bring a lot to it. I've got to really do a lot of research on it and we'll let you know more about it. But it'd be through uh, Blue Line Pro slash Sketch Magazine. What do you guys think? Sounds cool to me. Cool. Cool. Um, uh Speaking of that, um, this isn't online, but um, if you happen to be in the Fort Collins, Colorado area, my uh, Zone 4 castmate, Ron Fortier, or Fortier, depending on what part of the country you're from, um, is going to be teaching a class on how to write comics. It's an eight-week course. Uh-huh. Um, there's a non-refundable $50 fee payable the first night of the class, um, and it will be held at Griffin Comics and Games in Fort Collins, Colorado. So um, if you happen to be out there, go check him out. He's uh, he's worked for a lot of those guys, in, including the aforementioned Eclipse. Yes. And yeah. right now um, creates his own comics and novels for his own company, Airship 27. So um, this will be going on in October, so you know that gives you plenty of lead time. But uh, if you happen to be in that area, it behooves you to go check that out. Well, it's definitely, you know, this. as much as we work at this, you've got to look and see what you can get from other people, and you can learn from them. Yeah. So it's it's well worth the investment, and because of most of us have day jobs or other projects or family, uh, I think the online stuff or you know like Ron doing an evening class or whatever it is, I think those are important important to follow up and, and do. So I highly we highly recommend I highly recommend definitely keeping your skills up or learning new things. Sort of what sketch is all about, correct? Yeah. That's the theory, yes. Yes. So, all right, guys. Um, well, we've been chatting for a while. Um, we didn't get one out last week, if, you, if you're if you listening on time. Uh, I broke my headset. Sean, you broke yours a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, and I was at a convention, so yeah, you couldn't do it from there. Right. And basically, I uh, stepped on mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm breaking a new headset tonight on this one so and yeah, because your say. computer was made in the dark ages it doesn't have an external microphone so exactly or an internal microphone an so. internal nope uh, i have my computer specially built so they're big and rambunctious and they handle lots of beating and and not, nothing that you'd find on a shelf yeah so we'll be back next week and don't have a clue what the topic's going to be so i'm going to challenge everybody out there come up with a topic Go ahead, we dare you. Yes, email it to us or 
throw it in the forums as next topic. Kick it to us. Try to throw us a loop if you want to. See if we can come up, see if we can bring our game up. That'd be fun. Um, We're all together in a couple weeks, right? Cincinnati Con? That is true. Cincinnati Expo? Mm -hmm. On the 22nd and 23rd of September, if people do not um, have that date written down already at the Duke Energy Center. Is that the name of that place? It's a convention center downtown Cincinnati. Right. So, uh, yeah, if you're in this area, definitely consider stopping in. They've got some great guests. Along with us, uh, George Perez, Dave Dorman, Steve Bissett, John Tywin. They, they've got an awesome list of, of uh, guests. I think it's like two and a half days this year. I think it's Friday evening, Saturday, and yeah. Sunday. So, yeah, uh, for, for a smaller or a medium-sized show, the guest list is pretty impressive. So yes. Come check it out. And uh, you know, I... The Sketch Magazine will have a table there, so stop by, check it out, see what's going on. I'll be there with Skystorm and Blue Line Pro. So, All right, guys. Um, John, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, easiest way is john at comicrelated.com, and everything else we'll dump into that. Cool. Bill? Smoke signals. <laughs> or comicmentor at gmail.com. Yeah. What was that again? Or at comicsmentor at gmail.com, which they should already know. Yes, they should. Uh, You can reach me at bobh at bluelinepro.com. Or you can reach all three of us at podcast at sketchmagazine.net. So, all right, guys, let's do this again next week. And uh, if they don't throw us a curve, I'll come up with something to throw (laughs) us a curve. We'll throw our own curve. That's right. All right, take care, guys. Later. See ya.